Hi, this is Parker Lyons. Welcome to the Midnight Carnival Podcast. If you're listening to this, it means we would love your feedback because this is our first podcast, part of an overall content strategy at Midnight Carnival, which also includes short stories, novels, graphic art, and video, all centering around pulpy, sci-fi, horror, and fantasy. In short, we're doing dark, fun stories. That's why the topic of our first podcast is our discussion of Season 3, Episode 3 of the Netflix series Love, Death, and Robots, The Very Pulse of the Machine. If you like this podcast, let us know. We appreciate hearing from you. And now, the Midnight Carnival Podcast. Okay, we're recording. The first pilot podcast of yes. the Midnight Carnival Media <laughs> Network. <laughs> so we have mid- the Midnight Carnival team. I'm Parker Lyons, Greg Kishbaugh, Adam Grandy, Brian Shun. And we are here to talk about Love, Death, and Robots, and more specifically the episode The Very Pulse of the Machine. So I pulled together some High-level info on Love, Death, and Robots. Yes. So you had mentioned Heavy Metal. Yeah. Yes. We were talking so about it. I love Heavy Metal. Created this, love, Death, and Robots was created by Tim Miller mm-hmm. and David Fincher based on a long in-development reboot of the 1981 animated anthology film, yes. Heavy Metal. They could not get it made. It was in development hell for 11 years. And I'm stunned because if anything Hollywood knows how to do, it's to resurrect old IP. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I yeah, cannot yeah. figure out why they couldn't get this particular one done, but they got an incredible and uh, an all new concept called Love, Death, and Robots. They out. couldn't get The Rock on board. Is that yeah. what it was? <laughs> <laughs> you get him, it's a go. Right. So Netflix it. finally picked it up, agreed to be a distributor. Mm-hmm. If it was made into a television series. They originally imagined it as a movie. As a feature? Yeah. And it finally premiered in March of 2019. I did not know when I was doing this research that David Fincher was a part of this. Yep. From the beginning. Totally missed that. Best David Fincher movie. I mean, I've, I've got a love for seven. That's... I agree. Most, yeah. most do have a love for seven, yeah. I agree. But it's not that sick and terrible way. I think he did a phenomenal job of Zodiac. I also enjoy Zodiac. Zodiac is phenomenal. So talk about a prolific film director. Listen to these credits. Gone Girl, The Social Network, which is one of the best movies I have ever seen. The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Benjamin Button, Zodiac, (laughs) Fight Club, The Game. I had no idea he did The Game. The Game is great. Seven, and then on TV... Netflix shows House of Cards and Mindhunter. Mindhunter yeah. I love Mindhunter the first season. You're missing one in there. No? Am I? What am I missing? Alien 3? Yeah. That was right. That yeah. was Fincher too. That was a piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> they may have left that off on purpose. <laughs> I'm sorry. That one's got kind of a cult following. Maybe though, he it? tells yeah. everybody. Don't put that on my CV, okay? <laughs> I think there's like there's a cult of people that love Alien Three. I, I can see he it. actually did one of the episodes in season three of this, his first animated, and it's very good. Which this, one did the he sea do? The sea creature one, on the boat. Oh, on the boat. Oh, yeah, that one was so good. Wonderful. 
That one I thought was yes, so that was well amazing. done. That was what uh, the creature design in Sea Beast should have been, right? That is absolutely <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm guessing that they got Love, Death, and Robots made because of Fincher's connection with Netflix. That would not would surprise me at all. It was probably some part of the deal that he did. Yeah, I'll do House of Cards. If you do this uh, heavy metal, yeah, crazy yeah. animated show. Yeah. And it tur- ends up being one of the most critically acclaimed things that's come out of Netflix yeah. in the last couple of years. So and I it's don't. True. Uh, it's been a million years since I've seen heavy metal, and you'll have to remind me, Brian, if I remember it correctly. But it seemed a lot less story driven, much more spectacle and such, as opposed to this, which is very, very story driven. Yeah, it, uh, heavy metal. There was a magazine. Love heavy metal magazine. I knew uh, the magazine. I and saw. And so the basically, shows. what they took were some of the best stories from their magazines over the years, and uh, from my uh, memory with heavy metal, and I actually own it on Laserdisc, or I did up until my last yard sale. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, where someone bought all my Laserdiscs and the player. Uh, and for you kids at home, Laserdiscs <laughs> are a form of entertainment that we get. <laughs> uh, so uh, the movie had several like short shows, like short. Uh, animated films like Love, Death, and Robots. Like an and one, one long one at the end, and that's how their structure was, okay. because I remember the long one at the end, and I remember uh, the, the... I can't remember the name of it, but I just remember lines from this guy who starts in a courthouse, and it's like, you know, prosti- uh, kindergarten prostitute ring, and it's just like, what's going on here? <laughs> I'm going to have to watch that. It was a, oh, it's yeah, wonderful. It, it's wonderful. It was a great magazine. Yeah, Yeah, I vividly remember seeing either the heavy metal magazine on a shelf or the movie at like a video store like a family video yeah. or something so if it came out 81 i was pro i was probably very young and i do remember seeing the cover of that and seeing well, very were... scantily clad oh, yeah. on the cover i was just gonna say it was one of the few pla- you know places back in the day you could yeah. see nudity you yeah. know yeah. Uh, I was still swimming in daddy's balls. <laughs> I think that's how I found out I was straight. I saw, right, I saw the cover of Heavy Metal and I was like, son of a gun. Yeah. What do you know? I, I need to get into this thing. What's this right here, man? Yeah, totally. It's either that or the nude scene from Irreconcilable Differences. Mm. Uh, for me, it would have been this or like the old school horror movies where it's the one place you could watch. You'd always see... Nudity in the old school horror movie. Of course. Friday the 13th. Yeah. Everyone's dress had to get uh-huh. ripped off at some yeah. point. Yeah, it's like. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny because I, re- I vividly remember uh, staying with my grandmother. And I lived out in the country and I didn't have cable, but my grandmother had cable. And I'd, my, I'd stay all night at my grandma's house. And uh, TV had, there's a TV in the bedroom. And I got to watch oh, late night cable oh, right. television as a. Impressionable adolescent. Yeah, man. <laughs> Night flight. And it was. <laughs> Grandma would walk in. Gregor, what are you red watching? Red shoe diaries. Yeah. <laughs> Close the door. <laughs> I'm combing my hair. <laughs> I, I think one of the movies I remember vividly was watching Fright Nights. Yeah. Staying up and watching Fright Nights. Yeah. I think Total Recall First was Fright my Nights. introduction to boobs which really messed three me of up. them oh three, my three of them yeah wow, so you're... i i saw two for the first right. time and i was confused you're really <laughs> you're really imprinted on that one yeah. where's the other one you're missing one <laughs> it's like slap i don't understand it's like i 
Adam and I finally went all the way, and he looked so disappointed. <laughs> oh, you're not from Mars. That's got to be it. <laughs> so you mentioned award-winning. Yes. This show won the Outstanding Achievement in Animation in 2019, 2020, and 2021. Three years straight. Yes. 2022 is pending. They have been nominated at the time of this recording. Fincher told the New York Times he has 350 short stories he wants to convert into animation. <laughs> we need to get his agent and send some of our stuff. Yeah. So, quick introduction I, into the very... Po- oh, sorry, go ahead. No, it was funny. I was thinking about it earlier. You know, if, if this was your goal to make a show like this, like he has, the unbelievable depth and wealth of what you could pull from is kind of extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And you could very quickly have 300, 400 stories... Uh, that you would want to tell. Mm-hmm. I could see, I could see it being just overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just probably from this decade. Yeah, yeah it would be. It would be. <laughs> We're insane. only two years in. Insane. Oh yeah, I have such a such a great opportunity to just like get all these fresh faces and animation out there and and do a cool project that people are going to see on Netflix. It's such, yeah. such a cool thing. All right, so. We are going to talk about the very pulse of the machines. That was episode three of season three, based on a science fiction short story by Michael Swanwick, published in 1998. It won the 1999 Hugo Award for Best Short Story. That episode is directed by Emily Dean and written by Philip Gillette. I hope I didn't butcher that name. And uh, stars Mackenzie Davis as... Kivelson, yes. Who she, you may know her from Station Eleven and Terminator: Dark Fate. So Brian, you you particularly called this thing out, this episode out when we started getting together. Mm-hmm. What was it about this episode that you were just like, wow, we gotta, we need to watch this and talk about it? Well, I think um, at the time we were talking about some of our short story ideas and your novel idea, and I thought, man, this fits right in with kind of where we were talking um, in terms of the kind of intelligence we wanted to, to share in our stories and the kind of, I don't want to say supernatural, but certainly sci-fi elements and, and those kinds of things. And I thought it was a well-done episode. I, I thought it was a really well-done episode. So that's... Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's beautiful, be. certainly visually like everyone... Uh, in season three, the animation in season three is is pretty crazy because it was. I mean, I remember watching season one and being pretty blown away by the animation in, a, you know, particularly in a couple of different episodes. But it's pretty mind blowing in this season. Every episode has incredible animation. Yeah. This one being no different. Mm-hmm. And if you look at these uh, different stories, you know, because we talk a lot amongst ourselves, you know, what's the best format to tell a story? You know, would it be animation? Would it be live action? Should it be a novel, a short story, a, you know, a screenplay? Um, and for something like this, when you read it, you probably think that's just probably the best way to go with animation. You would only, you would, if it was live action, it would be 100% computer generated. Uh, other than the, the actors, it would just be a giant green screen. But uh, animation really, really told it well. I, I love stories that... Uh kind of reach outside themselves and attach themselves to other things and this one does a really good job of that and a lot of the others do as well but this one in particular speaks to 
some poems and, and some uh, some science that's just mm-hmm. kind of in our world. It's not a, a make-believe world we're talking about. And I just I love certain parts of that. Well, to what Craig was saying, the uh, when we were talking about <clears throat> what format to tell it in, this I think without the anime, like the trippy scenes in it, the visuals, it would kind of be an injustice if you didn't have it animated and have the way that it looked. You know, it just adds so much to it. Uh, do you guys know who the primary inspiration was for the animation in this episode? Do not. No. Any guesses? For just the animation alone? Yeah, this is, this is your wheelhouse. Yeah. Is it? Can we have a hint? French artist. Morbius? Morbius. Yes. Really? See yep. it. Yeah. Can t- totally see it. Yeah. Director, you nailed it. Director Emily Dean, Emily Dean said that the animation was inspired by the surreal, abstract style of French artist Jean Girard, a.k.a. Yeah. Mo- it's Mobius. I think it's Mobius. Morbius is a vampire Mobius, yeah. superhero. Now that would be something interesting. If Morbius grew the... <laughs> Well, they already made the movie Morbius. Maybe we can get it back in the film. Yeah. Uh, for the next yeah, episode, so exactly we'll talk about it. Morbius. I can silver see Surfer. I can see it. Yeah. <laughs> I love his Silver Surfer run. I love yes. it. Uh, yeah. Amazing. All right. I do have a plot summary. I don't know if you guys want to hear it. Or not, but um, so I, I'd be interested to see what you guys, yeah, who have if you've read the short story, if you haven't read the short story, to see what you got out of either one of them. So I haven't read. It. I've read the short story. Uh, I, have have not, I. I have not. So yeah, by all means, those of you who read it, well, can, let's can we do a survey first? Sure. Because when you go online and you read about this, there's always there'll be some comments, but the question always is. Is it real or is it a hallucination? Right. right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. what team are you? Team real or team IO or team drugs? I'm team drugs. I'm also team drugs. Uh, team drugs? Hallucination for sure. Yeah. That's a great. That's a you jump right into the deep <laughs> question. <laughs> the heavy, heavy duty one. It's the first. You, you, <laughs> because your interpretation of the story changes yeah. so much based off that. I I'm 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 team really happen. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's because of the signal to the earth station at the end of the episode. Uh, and also a big difference because the yes. the animated version has a lot more hallucinogenic properties to it. Oh. The giant, you know, yes. astronaut. Yeah. Uh, all that stuff does not exist in the short story. So the short story seems a little more team what team are you though? Team, you know, might be different short story versus yeah. uh the animated because yeah the short yeah. story is very much a, a different animal yeah. yeah break down the the main differences between the short story and the episode i mean really that's one of the biggest ones there's just a lot more of a hallucinogenic quality to the animated version uh in the and this is a spoiler for everybody so hopefully you've watched this yeah. um at the end when what is your purpose what is your purpose? The question, the answers. And uh, she throws uh, Burton into the volcano and then follows her. Yes. She doesn't just suddenly, what happened yeah. to Burton? Oh, yes. she happened to jump in. Oh, okay. That's interesting. So in the TV show, she wakes up and Burton's Burton gone. is already gone. gone. Yeah. And, and, and the voice says. So she jumped in. Right. And she's asked, what, are, what is your purpose? And the IO says, to know you. Know you. Yeah. In the short story. 
um, she throws Burton in after asking that question, and the question, the answer to that question was, um, are you familiar with the answer? No. I, oh, I, you don't know where it's from? So it is yeah. literally from the Baltimore Catechism, oh, and okay. it's it's a Catholic tenet. Right. And it's, what is your purpose? And the answer from Io is basically suggesting that Io is the creation, and she, he thinks or she thinks Io thinks Kibbleson is the creator. Gotcha. Ah. Yeah, it's quite a bit different. Right. That's that is quite a bit different. different. So I almost completely interpreted. I need to start getting closer to the microphone. I almost completely interpreted <laughs> the uh, the episode. Oh my gosh! I just got a party foul. I got you. Uh, based on the the Wordsworth poem on the that, notes, uh-huh. that it borrows the the title from. Yes. So that was like my interpretation was based really? on the poem. So let me. So the first poem quoted is a Coleridge poem, "Rhyme mm-hmm. of the Ancient Mariner." Let me give you the cliff notes on that. Uh, Go for it. So the Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. I'm sure you're familiar with the culture from it, but basically a, a man on a ship uh, kills an albatross. An albatross was giving the ship good luck, everyone thought, because everyone was a superstitious bunch. bunch. After the albatross is killed, this ship sits in the waters, and everyone thinks they're going to die, and they blame this guy, and they tie the albatross around his neck. Hence... The great saying. Yes. Now, when you start there, you're thinking, okay, then it becomes just Kivelson, Kivelson's albatross is Burton. She's literally tied around Kivelson's neck. Mm-hmm. She's dragging uh, this death that's through her, her existence, and it peppers her hallucinations. Uh, uh, yeah. But the, the goal... The, 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 if there's a lesson at the end of the Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, and this is the line that's quoted, I think the line that's quoted from is from stanza five. It's a long poem. Uh, it's basically about how death is the thing that gives us rest, and so at the end it kind of makes sense. Hmm. That, that makes sense. Interesting. And the other poem is uh, several other poems, but yeah. Yeah, well, the words were that you were. Did anybody catch the the book? Like, well, I was actually going to actually go was, back. Yeah, it, it went so fast. I think it was a book of poetry, but I did not. Yeah, it's poems from the old world. Oh. I think is the name of it. I thought it said old earth, but yeah, maybe it's an old world. Old earth. I was going to actually go back and interesting. It would frame be really it. Cool. But yeah, I I thought I thought we would have a chance to see it, but it just went by yeah. like that. But the other poem, uh, the world's the Wordsworth is much. It sounds quite a bit more cosmic than its content is. Right, it's really about his wife. It's about his wife. Yeah. It's a it's a very lovely love poem to his wife, yeah. but it, it does sound quite a bit more intense than just a love poem. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I like that poem because it kind of starts with this. I he, he sees her in a, an emotional way, and yeah. emotional I mean like love, and and then the third stanza in that, or the third bit in that poem is like, I'm gonna look at you without my emotion and I realize you're an equal to me in mind and in spirit and you, you help me run this house you're the very pulse of the machine that makes my life work and I love you boom so then how do you interpret that into the the episode I, I, 
I interpret the Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner in that episode. Okay, I, I think so, that's so I I okay. I very much saw. Oh, I'll give you. A, do you want to go? Well, I just thought this was the case, and I proved myself right by checking with uh, with Google. Mm. Tales of Old Earth. Yeah. A book by Michael Swanwick. Ah, very cool. So we can assume where the short story may have first appeared, or at least was collected in that. Hmm. Yeah, I love so, the idea of that that book, Tales of the Old Earth. Nice. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So, not knowing anything about the the Mariner and just reading the poem, I was I was interpreting this as um, the poem is Wordsworth. Um, talking about the love for his wife and it comes in like three phases like when they first met and he first saw her for the first time mm-hmm. and then as they get older together and mm-hmm. how their their love kind of adapts and changes over time and I kind of saw an interpretation around um, at the in the the big line where it where she says, what is your function? It's to, to love you or to know no, you. Yeah. Then, like, I kind of saw this as, like, the this machine or this entity or this planet or whatever this, this force is has this desire to, mm-hmm. to love this woman. And yeah. um, and it's it sees her as this, this living organism, this machine that it wants to know and understand and love. And... Mm-hmm. And, and her falling like into the, the the lake there is the merging of the consciousnesses, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Merging of the con- the consummation of yeah, the relationship. Yeah, 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 I, the yeah. woman right. saying, I am allowing myself to be loved. Yeah. It was incredibly deep, though, like the line. To, when the I.O. says, to know you. Yeah. Because what's more personal than to like, really know somebody? That's hard to do. Cause it's, it's, hard, it's hard to know and yourself. And that is love, yeah. So to completely know someone else, absolutely, they went deep on that shit. <laughs> <laughs> and they they uh, really kind of took out the science. They you know, did. the the there was a short story has short quite story. a bit of science. Which is why Juan Hugo? I mean, you have to kind of qualify yeah. with. Oh, that's you know, interesting. With yeah. at yeah, least they, at least it, plausible it, science, you know, that has some ring of. It plausibility to it so convinces you that I was a machine a lot more than this the, right the anime. so I that, mean, it talks about the circuitry and all right. kinds of things oh. at the pole. so the, the actual sulfide on the on the planet's surface when she's pulling the sled the body it connects electrically with the there's sulfide. sparks and there's in the sparks anime, but it doesn't and it, yeah. it creates right, an so electrical which makes her the creator yeah so, so this was the yes. this is filling in a lot of gaps that were left from the TV show, but like the unanswerable question that I had was, is the planet a, mach- a machine, an entity in itself? And you're saying that the short story alluded to that. Yes, that there's actually an electrical current that's created by or electrical contact. Yeah, when she so drags the, when she drags it, she creates it, it. it. You can see the the static coming up. From that's the why she sees it when she when she puts on her electromagnetic yeah. visual field. She can see all the streams. So, had you read the story prior to the show? Mm-hmm. No. You read it? I, no, no, I watched it first time without yeah. it, second okay. time with it. So did how? So how did it change watching it for the second or third I mean, time kind of after a, having watched the story? Um, a lot, because 
you know, they obviously made the changes for a reason, for whatever re- their reasons yeah, were. That's so an interesting discussion, right? Yeah. There. So the first time I saw it, I saw for what it was. It's what they wanted it to be. Yeah. You know, and then when you read the short story, you're like, okay, this is, this was something different. Yes. They made those changes for a reason. Um, and maybe one of the reasons was because they wanted to play it more toward that it was yeah. the drugs and it was yeah hallucinogens yeah. and everything well, else. Also, I think you start throwing all the science and people start to maybe wonder why more. But I kind of like that part of it where you have, you're led to wonder a little more. There is the, the scientific I, I explanation think, for it. Yeah, I think the animated uh, show lends itself to a, a and I, I don't mean to insult, but a, a different understanding because you remove the science, it becomes a show about the relationship between this woman and Io. Right. And this, I'm, you're, she's alone. You can't get more alone than this lady is. Kittleson right now. She's yeah. killed her friend. She killed her friend. That's pretty clear from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, by pushing, hey, we need to turn around. We shouldn't go any further. Hey, we can just go a little bit further. Da, 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 da. Dead. So she's dragging her friend across this planet alone. And the planet reaches out to have a conversation because mm-hmm. when you're alone, you want you want someone, you're mm-hmm. incapable of reaching out, and you want someone to reach out to you. And I think the animation does a, the animated show does a good job of communicating that kind of a relationship versus the mm-hmm. short story, which is very much different. And let's talk about one more difference, and it's very, very subtle. But at the beginning of the story, uh, Burton does not wear a seatbelt. And that's part of her personality trait. Yes. Uh, Kibbleson even says, you know, I'm, yes. all, I'm all strapped in, it's just cool. She's yeah. back there, she's a hot shot. Uh, you know mm-hmm. that whole thing, and so it's more her it's fault more because right. she's not wearing it. Right. In the episode, it is she I, removes it herself to come up and help, or to, to read the so instruments yeah. because yeah. we're going a little bit further than we should be going. Yes, <laughs> interesting <laughs> choice. Yeah, but but very conscious decisions that the, yeah. the screenwriter of the animated uh, series decided to to choose. So I, I, I like his uh, whoever his decision. Absolutely. Uh, I thought he did a good job. Absolutely. This is a different story. And I think both are equally strong. Mm-hmm. So kudos to the but It's quite interesting because some of those are, are pretty subtle. That's a pretty subtle one. Who mm-hmm. put the seatbelt on? Yeah. And even the ending subtle. She yeah. threw herself in versus, yeah. uh, you know, the other character threw her in. So so Michael Swanwick, mm-hmm. yeah. he, uh, he posted on his blog that he really liked the episode and praised one particular change from the story. Ooh. Which was, I guess, in the story they didn't. Um, he, there was a different reason for dragging the uh, Burton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the show, it was to use her Chip. oxygen. Right. But in the story, what was it? You remember? No, I thought it was the same thing. No. No, I didn't think it was the oxygen. I just thought it was you don't leave a person behind. Yeah, kind of. I, I, it I, may, it. It, I, I don't know either, but he did, he did praise okay. that he liked. I like that the reason, well. right? Uh, the the I story it, reason. I think for it dragging. plays well with. Well, it's a real albatross. I mean, yes. you're seriously, you're yeah. tied together. Yes. Yeah. I think it works well with. Although I would have liked if they would have given her more hope towards the end, and snatch it away. This is cynic. Just your. But it would have been. It would have been kind of. you, yeah. So you had this long, drawn-out process, and like oxygen's getting low. Right. And then you know maybe like, because what about the last point? She's like two-ish hours away or something. And then she basically passes out. Passes and, out. And Burton. Io Burton picks her up and yeah. then walks her to the yeah. edge of the lake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been neat if she got close. 
to the what, what was it like a, a launch pad? Some other yeah, like a lander. lander. The lander mm-hmm. yeah. got close to it and then passed out, and then you kind of go back to where she's just uh, someplace else. Right. The whole, the whole thing, because uh, being team drugs, I feel like that would have been the whole <laughs> team, <laughs> drugs. team drugs. Team shirts made. Is there a jersey? Yeah. Team drugs. There's no more dare shirts. It's team drugs. <laughs> um, so. I guess another subtle change, right, from the short story is that she she sees the lantern get destroyed. Yeah. Uh, in the short story, it's yeah. another earthquake. Oh. And you know the first thing that happens when the the ship wrecks that she's that yeah. she's driving, over. they don't really know what caused it, you know, but then they realize it's earthquakes yeah. that are happening. So, in the distance, she can see it. Talk yeah. about crushed hope. And then she as she's yeah. walking toward it, she can just see a leg sticking up once the earthquake. Okay. Well, just hits. to go back to that real quick though, is it still considered an earthquake if it's not on Earth? Okay, an earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> you really use the terminology that you know. Yes. Yes. It's a philosophical question. <laughs> it's a legit That's our next episode. Yeah. It's just a quake, I guess. It's, it's just a quake. quake. It's like getting it's a, food yeah. in China. You're um, not getting except, Chinese food. Uh, you know, except it's I've food. been in China and they call it Chinese food. So <laughs> <laughs> shoots that in the face. <laughs> well, wait. So, I mean, it was because it, it was technically like a moon of Jupiter. Yes. yes, which is so because it talks about how it speaks to the main planet. Yeah, you have this eye, the big eye. That's the watching thing, the whole the time. I watching the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It was kind of cool. So I thought it was a great short story. I thought it was a great episode. Our, um, I think they should do more of them. Oh man, Just keep doing it. I can watch one every night. Mr. I Fincher, love... I mean, <clears throat> Mr. Fincher. Yeah, <laughs> I love Aliens Three. Keep doing. Uh, <laughs> keep doing more yeah. of these. It's far a, be it's it, a, far it's a be it for far be it for me to criticize David Fincher and any professional filmmakers right. in any way, shape, or form. However, <laughs> let me just throw something out there. I think I need to see there. it again. I haven't seen it since it was in the Let me just so. throw this out here. I want to. I want to get your reaction. Is the is the pass out thing a hack? You pass mean at it, the very end? Yeah, you pass yeah. out and you wake up. I thought. Well, a, it basically cuts out a, a large portion of the short story. It's kind of a, yeah. yeah it's the kind short of story a, is much. It's it's what oh, makes okay. it interesting is it is it was a very sciencey short story, yeah. but also a very religious short story mm-hmm. because there's a scene where Kittleson's standing on this edge of this lake, and they have a discussion like Jesus being tempted by mm-hmm. Lucifer about. Hey, if you're a god, you can jump and you'll be fine. Damn. Yes. Oh. Damn. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So we need yeah. a two-hour version with the, yeah. the Maybe there's extended cut somewhere, yeah. <laughs> there right. are little hacks like that, though, like a lot of films and anything else. If it's, it's the next like important the point, then let's skip. Sometimes skip if you yeah. got a 17-minute show, you just got to get, right. get, just yeah. knock the character out. Yeah. Let's keep moving. Yeah. Get to the point where she All right. makes the decision. I want to hit some categories. This is how we'll wrap it up. Was like Jeopardy or something? Dun, dun, dun. All right, I think we hit. I think we hit a couple of them. How much? How much of what Kibbleson sees is drug-induced hallucination? We hit that. After is, the amphetamine, she's all jacked up. It, it, says what, it actually says it. I know. So, did Kibbleson die or live hmm. at the end? Yes, that's a completely different question, isn't it? Because it could be a hallucination, and she's still. Well, she's also running out of oxygen too. So, but if you're, if you're Team IO, if you're Team IO, she you, lives through eternity. Yep. But then it becomes building. really just an event horizon planet where yeah. it keeps drawing more people in, and it just yeah. eats yep. them, so swallows it, their eyes. 
So the planet's a machine. Uh-huh. I mean, it's actually a moon. I'm just trying to be. Yeah. Well, no. Well, no, because oh I God. mean, the, the end of the. It's a moon quake. Yeah, he already gave me the earthquake <laughs> thing, so I'm gonna give him the thing back again. It's true. It's no, true. but think about it. Think about the way. No, because like we're talking about with the short story, though, like the electrical right yeah. currents and all that, and like at the end of the the episode, it's like this weird shiny, yes, glowing, glowing type of thing going right. on. So if the planet is in fact a machine, does that make it a transformer? <laughs> Oh my god, it's only wow. only if it can transform, yeah. interestingly enough. Was that Omicron or whatever his name was in, yeah. in the Transformers Omicron. movie? Omicron. Omicron. Thank you. Somebody. Leonard Nimoy voiced Omicron. No, it, no, it was not Leonard Nimoy. It was George. Um, not, it was uh, freaking uh, Citizen Kane. That guy. Orson Welles? Orson Welles. Welles. Well, that's yes. out of here. Was, Damn. Was the the Transformer planet? Yes. Oh my god. That was his wow, last role. Duty. I was gonna say he was still alive then. Get out of here. Uh huh. How about that? Huh. All right. Look it up. Okay. I next episode. You. Next yeah. next episode we'll yeah. do the fact check, or I'll put in a fact check at the yeah. end of this podcast. Asterisk. Yeah, we can't be screwing that up. People will get all over <laughs> oh, about fact checks. All right. Um, <laughs> I saw that in the the two thousand one a space Odyssey. Uh, two thousand one a space Odyssey. Star Baby Mind Melting Moment Award. Wow. So, famous favorite moment from from the episode. Oh, from that episode? Yeah. I actually... Uh, oh, go ahead. Tell me else, Neil. You started. All right. My, mine, actually, my favorite... <laughs> <laughs> I think it was my favorite because it, it, it did diverge from the short story, but I actually did love the astronaut. The gigantic... That was, that was a kick-ass moment. That was a kick-ass moment. And it's not in the short story, um, to my recollection. So I thought it was super duper cool. And that obviously has to be a hallucination. So, yes. Yeah. Cheer team drug. Whatever yeah. you want to yeah. be. Yeah. Right. So favorite moment? Clockwise. You know. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, the, the very end, where she's floating through whatever the hell she's floating through. And it just that is becomes. Cool. So the baptism, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or the consummation. She's, she's like. Yeah. Dissolving and turning into light. Yeah, be literally, yeah. it's all. It's, it's actually cool. kind of poetic when you think about mm-hmm. it because we're all made up of what stardust, basically atoms, mm-hmm. and she's mm-hmm. literally just deforming into. Back. It's all going back Electrons. out into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's cool. It's kind of nice. I, um, Even though right. it's, yeah, I mean, she probably it's not that painful because she, she was. She didn't seem like it, but <laughs> she seemed pretty blissed out. <laughs> <laughs> I used that. In a short story, we read it. Uh, uh, favorite moment, Brian? Uh, when she, right before that, when she's falling, I yeah. love the the it reverses and you see her falling and Jupiter's giant eye looking on yeah. her. Yeah. And in that moment, you are with her and you don't know her you, point of view. You don't you don't have you don't have the positive or the negative. You just have mm-hmm. this big question mark because that's what a, that's what a plunge is, right? Mm-hmm. What about you? I, I, I'm with you, man. I'm with you, Greg. I love the right. that stand-up astronaut. So there you go. Giant astronaut so wins. So you may have come over to Team Drugs too, then. All right, there was there was an obvious <laughs> there's an obvious answer for this next category. Uh-oh. The Kick-Ass Quote Award. There's only one. To know you. That's that's my favorite one. <laughs> uh, what about uh, Better to Die High? 
Oh, that one is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think, on, I think well, so. Now you really are on team drugs. Oh, my God. You're yeah. on team drugs, and you're well, not going to vote for Better to Die High? I, per, I mean, you know what? Hey, man. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The whole thing was he's a, just... He's a, he's a romantic at heart. <laughs> I exactly. am a romantic at heart. Exactly. Uh, but that'll be great for the team. That, that should have been like okay. Team drugs. Like team drugs like is better, better to die high. Better to die. That's yeah. Team drugs on the front. Better to die high on the back. There you go. <laughs> that is something like I plan on doing. Like at the very very end. Like if my brain starts to go, I'm just gonna rent a Ferrari out by the canyon, take a, like a kaleidoscope of drugs, and just drive off. Okay. I think that's good to know. Fun. So yeah. when you call me and say, hey, you want to go for a ride? Exactly. Well, yeah. You want to go for a ride about in the Grand well, you Canyon? Know, I'm not sure. This is one of those weird things that I know. Uh, you know, death in the Grand Canyon is a pretty. There's a documentary right there. Yeah. About the people who jump out of the helicopters and the planes over the canyon because yeah. they're terminal. They they yeah. rent a ride over the Grand Canyon and jump out. There's a lot, it happens Very a lot. Common. What? Yeah. That's like the people at the Golden State Golden yeah. Gate yeah. Bridge. Yeah. yeah. Is that is it the new Golden Gate Bridge? It is. People do that in a, a lot in Hawaii too. Yeah. They will take the um, like yeah, uh, the island tours, yeah, yeah. The volcano tours and stuff, and yeah. they're just and jump into a volcano. Yeah. Volcano or the water because you're so high up, it's like yeah. hitting cement. Although one person I, I heard did somebody there was a comedian did a bit about it in one of these. Well, the guy that created National Lampoon. Arnold Schwarzenegger did, did that. They don't know for sure if he fell or if he jumped. But all of that was left uh, was his shoes. Yeah. yeah. The name. Kenny. 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 Um, uh, it was Chevy Chase's best friend. Yeah. He created a lampoon. Then he's he he. I Caddyshack. believe wrote Animal House. Yeah. Uh, he's the guy who. Uh, there's a nice Netflix show about there him. There is a good yeah. Netflix show about it. And if we were, well, if like we were prepared, now. if this wasn't our exactly early podcast, right. we probably we'll have that information available know, to we'll us. We'll just have to edit it in. Oh, if only we had a memory. Go ahead. Like a Keep memory. Talking. Would, Keep talking. A good memory would fix everything. <laughs> uh, you can't have a good memory and be on drugs. Yeah. This is the problem. You can't have a good memory and be team drugs. That doesn't work that way. Fair enough. All right. I got to mention this just for our listener. Uh, uh, listener. <laughs> Hi, Mom. Mom, don't listen to this. So we've kind of covered it. So the title is taken from a line from a William Wordsworth poem. Yeah. She was a phantom of delight is the title, which was a poem about his wife, Mary Hutchinson, <clears throat> exploring the progression of their relationship starting when they first met. And the line is, and now I see with eye serene, the very pulse of the machine, a being breathing thoughtful breath, a traveler between life and death. Yes. Wow. I just, we just had a moment here. What? Well, I decided to look up, Douglas Kenny, who started National Lampoon, yeah. and we all know that Animal House and Caddyshack. Yeah. What do you think his last credit is for film? Shut the hell up. Yeah. What? Really? Heavy metal. Are you serious? That Perfect is serious. Podcast is over. That's it. Dead. <laughs> Sleep this thing. That That's note. it. Hell yeah. That is unbelievable. <laughs> that is. That's like some serendipitous <laughs> shit there or something. Right? All right, See, and that's why we're team drugs. There you go. <laughs> that's why we're team drugs. I got one. All right, one question to end with, and that is, you're on your deathbed, and a voice from a machine in your mm -hmm. hospital offers you eternal life if you meld with it. Do you take the leap and meld with the machine, 
or see what the afterlife has to offer. I'm pulling the plug. Hell no, I don't trust it. <laughs> <laughs> a machine in the hospital? No. That's, that, let's Absolutely. Not. But <laughs> I don't want to be on a seat. I mean, hard no. Are we Listen, in Canada where no, there's listen, like yeah, free but healthcare? Or is if it I'm like... on a if I'm on a planet that's orbiting uh, Jupiter? Jupiter, I might. Yeah, I'd probably give that a second. All right, so we're riding in... around in kit on Night Rider. <laughs> yes, I'm in. No, still no. Right? Yes, I don't want eternal life. That sounds I, awful. I, 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 I would just like basically go the whole Christine route. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you could be Kit or Christine. Or you could turn Kit into Christine. You my uh, my list of enemies that I'm going to <laughs> All right. systematically mm. kill over mm. a period of several years. We went from this very <clears throat> tranquil tranquil existence that she experiences at the end of this to you running over all of you. I mean, if you're gonna meld with a machine, it might as well be a '57. Well, maybe. I think she does that. <laughs> you know, you could turn it into a wonderful horror story so easily. It could go either way. Let's sure. face it, she melds with this planet, and she, she realizes the planet's nothing but a siren, and keeps drawing people in, and she's conscious and realizes her voice is used to bring all these people wow, into their death. Super See? dark of the two. All right. So that's what happens when uh, you have a nice, hopeful story, <laughs> exactly. and then you Bam. put our brains Listen, on it. It's yeah. called Midnight Carnival, uh, for not reason. like uh, Sunday brunch. <laughs> <laughs> These uh, midnight ramblings right? we have. Yes. That's right. All right. Excellent. Peace out. First podcast, everybody. How long was that?